All right, my friends, welcome back to Your Bible, Book by Book. I'm Pastor Luke, and this is the book of 1 Corinthians. And uh, again, 1 Corinthians is uh, one of the Pauline epistles, and uh, Paul wrote uh, many letters to churches that he had uh, planted or, or that he had started. Uh, Corinth, uh, the church in Corinth was one of those. Uh, interestingly, I didn't mention this about Rome uh, or the Roman church, but uh, Paul, when he wrote to the Romans, uh, he had never visited that uh, city, and he had not uh, visited those Christians. He hadn't really didn't have any contact with uh, that church previously, and so uh, his letter to the Romans was really a, a preface to his hope to visit Rome um, and to really establish a, a real sound theology, which is why uh, the book of Romans uh, tends to be really one of the the premier books of the Bible that, that gives us such a, a, a wonderful foundation of theology, who God is and, and what the gospel is. First uh, Corinthians is, is very different. Uh, Paul wrote uh, to the Corinthians from Ephesus, and we know that from what he said in, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 16. He says, I hope to stay on in Ephesus, um, meaning that he, he's writing from Ephesus at that point. Um, and kind of outlines his travel plans, where he hopes to go and, and what he's planning to do. And, and what we know from Second Corinthians is that some of those plans uh, did not uh, come about the way that he thought they would. Uh, but he's writing to the, the church in Corinth from Ephesus. And um, what we also know is that Paul spent quite a little bit of time in Corinth. And, and as an apostle and as a traveling missionary, um, that wasn't normal that, that Paul would spend a significant amount of time in any one place. Normally, he would go from one town to another um, and stay on for, you know, maybe several weeks, several months. But uh, in Corinth, he actually stayed for a year and a half. And uh, Acts chapter 18 tells us very clearly that, that, that that's what happened, that he spent a year and a half there uh, ministering, uh, growing the leaders, uh, establishing the church, and, uh, and really planting um, the church in Corinth. And so why that's so interesting in, in one sense is because Corinth, the church in Corinth, is filled with problems, um, and which is why he wrote the letter to them uh, to try to correct some of the issues that are happening in that church. Uh, Corinth, the city, is uh, really uh, one of the most um, sexually immoral cities uh, filled with idolatry, um, that, that one could possibly imagine in the first century. Um, it, it's so it's, it's a very uh, hedonistic and, and wicked <laughs> city. That, uh, so it's not uh, un, uncommon or, or unexpected that uh, there would be some problems in the church, uh, and that's what Paul's really addressing, is that uh, even though they've been called out of the world and called into a new life in Christ, they're still really struggling uh, with sin issues, and so uh, Paul's writing to try to help them to really grasp, you know, the the nature of what it means to be uh, a Christian. And, and so, Corinthians, First Corinthians, and Second Corinthians, uh, as well. Uh, but First Corinthians is a very practical book. It's very relevant, uh, especially to us here in America uh, these days, because of all the issues that Paul addresses very clearly about. Uh, sin and uh, what it means to follow Christ. And so um, 
before we get into some of those themes, uh, I just can give you a little bit more background that uh, it looks like that there's a possibility, um, and this is just uh, food for thought. It, it really doesn't make a huge difference, but uh, in chapter 5, verse 9, Paul talks about uh, in his letter he's written to them to um, stay away from uh, uh, sexually immoral people, not to associate with sexually immoral people. And um, the, the question that is, is brought about by that statement is whether or not Paul wrote a letter previously to Corinth, uh, and that maybe 1 Corinthians is the second letter that he's writing to the church uh, to try to address um, some misunderstandings that came about because of the first letter that he wrote, which would possibly indicate why. Uh, we don't have that first letter because uh, it was it had some issues that were uh, not scriptural, or it had some uh, misunderstandings that that uh, God had determined that that we shouldn't have. I'm not sure about that. I don't know if that's what that statement means, or if he's really referring to the letter of First Corinthians that he's writing in this letter. Uh, that uh, this is the practice that that the church should not associate with people who are sexually immoral. The, the issue doesn't necessarily matter that much. It just kind of gives you a, uh, an understanding that um, one of the things that Paul is trying to do here is to address misunderstandings. And so um, the first six chapters of 1 Corinthians are really about Paul uh, rebuking and correcting the church for uh, all the, the sin and the misunderstandings of the gospel, the misunderstandings of potentially his teaching or, or how to apply those those teachings to their life. And then the last 10 chapters, uh, 7 through 16, uh, are, are kind of framed in a little bit different way that they're, he's answering their questions, that they have had uh, correspondence with Paul through uh, letters and through messengers, um, that they have a lot of questions about things that they should be doing or not doing or how they should practice, how they should be a church, and, and some of the things of of the daily life that they don't quite understand. And so Paul actually spends a lot of time in 1 Corinthians answering those questions, um, which is really helpful for us, the church, uh, throughout the ages to to understand what God wants for the church in general and how we ought to practice. Um, but those some of those things can become confused with uh, the particular issues that the church in Corinth was dealing with. So there were some cultural things that were going on. Paul's addressing those very specifically to their situation um, in 1 Corinthians that don't necessarily become uh, out-and-out laws or, or, or um, uh, generational practices for the church that, that we have to necessarily adhere to. He was, he was dealing with some things that they were struggling with or, or facing in their uh, unique situation. Now, I'll just give you an example. Uh, when he starts to address the issue of head coverings uh, for women and for men and that kind of thing, um, it, there's a, a question that the church has, you know, different times in different places uh, wrestled with or, or tried to figure out what is the correct practice should um, women uh, wear some kind of a head covering in a worship setting. And uh, I've been to other countries where uh, they take that 
literally, and they, they uh, practice that culturally, that married women in a church in, uh, and for me, I, I was visiting a church in Ukraine uh, several years ago, and that was the practice, that married women wear head coverings in that particular church, in that particular culture. Uh, that's how they understood that, and, and that was their practice, and that's perfectly fine. Um, you know, we had a group of women from our church in America that they'd never practiced that before, never even uh, had uh, had the question uh, whether or not they should wear head coverings in church. Um, and, and so some of those things kind of can be uh, interesting little um, points of confusion for the church to, to wrestle with. Now, the ultimate uh, understanding here is that uh, when it's a cultural practice um, and, and there's this c- cultural significance to it, then that's fine. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a moral issue. Uh, the moral issues are uh, absolute. And so it doesn't matter what your culture practices or believes, uh, especially when we're going to go back through and look at the uh, sexual immorality that was going on in the church in Corinth and how Paul addresses that. Um, and we struggle with some of these sexual uh, issues today, and um, we we uh, have this uh, back and forth argument about uh, how uh, the 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 church needs to catch up to the the modern you know um, uh, practices and culturally acceptable uh, issues of of our day uh, that we're outdated and we're old fashioned, uh, but the the sexual issues are not cultural, those are uh, fundamentally uh, spiritual, and they're absolute. So God has said that uh, sex is, is only pure uh, and moral between a man and a woman within the context of marriage. That's the, the absolute truth and the basis of, of God's standard. Anything outside of that is sexual immorality. Um, and so that doesn't have anything to do with culture. Cultures throughout the ages, throughout uh, the world, have had different standards for what they think is right or wrong and how they've practiced uh, that kind of thing. And, and uh, that's not uh, something that God is ever going to change his mind about um, because he has created us to be uh, men and women, and he created the bond of marriage, and he made it to be permanent. Jesus taught that. Uh, that we were created from the beginning, male and female, and that God put us into the covenant of marriage, his institution, um, and that uh, we should never uh, uh, put asunder what God has put together. So uh, some of those things um, are are present in 1 Corinthians, and that's why it's kind of interesting when you look through uh, some of these themes that uh, some are uh, these absolute moral teachings and some are more culturally uh, relevant. Um, depending on on the, the normal practices of the day, uh, worship uh, practices, for instance, w- is another one of those things where um, we we take uh, what Paul has said about the practice of of making sure that things are done in a peaceable way that God's not the author of confusion, um, and, and that doesn't mean that uh, women can't uh, have a place in in worship or a place in uh, the, the teaching ministry of the church and that kind of thing. Um, in fact, the church was the first and the most prominent um, institution that existed in the world that brought men and women equally together into a context of learning 
uh, where men and women were finally for the first time able to hear the gospel and hear the word of God together. Um, and because it was a new practice that the church says and, and Jesus told us and, and the world and the, and the Bible tells us that uh, there's no more male or female, slave or free, Jew or Greek. And, and basically the, the issue is that at the cross that we're all equal, that we all have equal value in God's eyes and we all have an equal need for a savior. Um, and so the, the men and women were practicing worship together. Uh, well, this was a new thing that wasn't normal. In most cultures, the women were excluded from learning and from educational institutions. Um, and so it was beginning to create some issues uh, because women were finally finding their voice and finally having an opportunity to learn. Um, they had a lot of questions, and they could be disruptive in that setting. And so Paul addresses that, that things need to be done peacefully and, and uh, that women need to be quiet while they're learning and then they need to ask their husbands at home if they can find the answer um, and not to disrupt the normal worship setting um, in order to get their questions answered. And so uh, that wasn't a an exclusion to women. That was actually just trying to uh, correct a uh, potential and an, and an ongoing issue uh, that the church was facing in that day in that culture. Um, and so Anyway, as we walk through 1 Corinthians, um, it's interesting because the themes are so clear from chapter to chapter. And so the first four chapters are uh, really all about um, getting unity in the church and really coming around uh, that issue. Um, chapters 5 and 6 deal directly with the sexual morality issues. Uh, chapter 7 is about marriage. Chapter 8 is about idolatry. Um, chapter 9 through 12 uh, deals with the propriety in worship, how to, how to worship correctly. Um, and, and so chapter 11 is really about the Lord's Supper. It's one of the most famous and, and the most uh, significant teachings about the Lord's Supper outside of the Gospels that we have. Um, and, and thankfully, the church in Corinth was uh, uh, making a lot of, of mistakes about that so that Paul could... Uh, teach them how to do it correctly and understand it correctly so that we would have that that scripture uh, for uh, the ages. And then chapter 12, um, as a conclusion of that particular section, is all about spiritual gifts, um, which actually concludes with chapter 13 um, in terms of the most uh, the greatest gift, which is the gift of love, and uh, then going on from there into some particular, um, questions and answers about the gift of tongues, uh, which was being confused then and still is in much confusion today, to be honest. Um, and then chapter 15 is all about the resurrection of Jesus, which uh, a significant, huge uh, teaching there about how to understand uh, the life to come that we have uh, to look forward to a, a bodily resurrection and proving that um, uh, very graphically that Paul does in chapter 15 and then chapter 16 is Paul's closing remarks. Uh, and so the, the book is, the, the themes are so prominently, uh, clearly defined there that uh, it, it's a significant uh, book for you to, to read through and study. And uh, the conclusion of 1 of, uh, Corinthians, the uh, the meaning or the overall or overarching uh, issue of First Corinthians is 
that uh, there there was an entanglement of sin that kept pulling the the Christians back um, that they had to wrestle with and deal with and and break break their ties um, in order to become the the healthy church that that God wanted them to be and it uh, begs that that issue that question uh, about what kind of churches we're building what kind of of communities of Christ uh, that that we're establishing. How do we help um, each other to grow spiritually, and how do we make sure that we're staying uh, focused, committed, um, and um, obedient to God's word in, in a way that that uh, builds up His kingdom and uh, establishes a church that we would be uh, happy to and, and excited ab- about um, to invite people to, that they could come, hear the word, uh, f- find the connection with other Christian people uh, who would also uh, help them to grow spiritually, see God at, at work in the world, see Christ's uh, power to change and to experience that change in their, their own lives, um, but also relying heavily on the word of God for our teaching and for uh, the, the foundation of our life. And so uh, 1 Corinthians is a fantastic book, uh, very practical, very relevant, and I'd encourage you to pick it back up if you haven't read it in a while uh, because it is your Bible, book by book.